Everybody got a Bible? Everybody saved? If you died today, would you go to heaven? Amen. Very good. Turn your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 7. You go, there he goes again in the Old Testament. You betcha. 1 Samuel chapter 7. And stand once you get there. 1 Samuel chapter 7. Beginning in verse 1. The word of God declares, And the men of Kerjath-Jerim came and fetched up the ark of the Lord and brought it into the house of Abinadab in the hill and sanctified Eleazar his son to keep the ark of the Lord. And it came to pass while the ark abode in Kerjath-Jerim that the, that the time was long, for it was twenty years. And all the house of Israel lamented, after the Lord. And Samuel spake unto all the house of Israel, saying, If you do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the strange gods and Ashtoreth from among you, and prepare your hearts unto the Lord, and serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. And then the children of Israel did put away Balaam, and Ashtaroth, and served the Lord only. And Samuel said, Gather all Israel to Mizpah, and I will pray for you unto the Lord. And they gathered together to Mizpah, and drew water, and poured it out before the Lord, and fasted on that day, and said, There we have sinned against the Lord. And Samuel judged the children of Israel in Mizpah. And when the Philistines heard that the children of Israel were gathered together to Mizpah, the lords of the Philistines went up against Israel. And when the children of Israel heard it, they were afraid of the Philistines. And the children of Israel said to Samuel, Cease not to cry unto the Lord our God for us, that he will save us out of the hand of the Philistines. And Samuel took a sucking lamb and offered it for a burnt offering, holy unto the Lord. And Samuel cried unto the Lord for Israel, and the Lord heard him. And as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to battle against Israel. But the Lord thundered with a great thunder on that day upon the Philistines. And discomfited them, and they were smitten before Israel. And the men of Israel went out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines and smote them until they came under Bethkar. Verse twelve. Then Samuel took a stone and set a, and set between Mizpah and Shin and called the name of it Ebenezer, saying, Hitherto. Hath the Lord helped us. So the Philistines were subdued, and they came no more into the coast of Israel. And the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. Let's pray. 
Heavenly Father, I love you and praise you. Thank you for this time you've given us to assemble in your house to worship you, Lord. And Lord, I just pray now as I break the bread of life, you'll give me the words to say. Bring to my memory those things I've studied. Let me preach with boldness and authority those truths you've laid upon my heart. Father, may your sheep be fed, Lord, with your word this morning. Father, may they be encouraged in their service. And Father, if there's one here that doesn't know you, may they be convicted. Lord, may they be convinced their need of salvation before it's everlasting too late. If you've heard the prayer requests, may your will be done with each request. We love you, we praise you, and we thank you for those that are here this morning. And Lord, we also thank you for those that's not able to be with us that are traveling. Bring them back to us, Lord. Lord, we, again, love you. To the best of our ability, we want to honor and worship you, the living God, today. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right, be seated, please. Thank you. Kind of parched. The story we just read here. about Israel. You know, Israel's a lot like us, or we're a lot like Israel. Let me put it that way. In the fact that, you know, sometimes they got complacent, okay, when serving the Lord. The modern church today is complacent. Let me ask you a question. How many of you this morning would like to see the power of God? How many of you believe that God is still the same? Same yesterday, today, and forever. Understand, when we went to church way back when, when I was young, and that's been a day or two. Some of you have even been longer than that. Understand, when we would go to church, we always went with the expectation that something was going to happen at church. God was going to move. Souls were going to be saved. Folks were going to join the church. Folks were going to be baptized. People that were burdened over their loved ones and their neighbors would walk the aisle and plead before God on their behalf that they would be saved or that that need would be met. Folks, that's the power of God. Not this entertainment you see on TV today. Okay? It's entertainment. I want you to understand that stuff is fake. But I'll tell you this, and Israel, we'll look and see in a few minutes, Israel will show us what the power of God is really like. Amen. Amen. But before we can get into the rest of chapter 7, our text, go to chapter 4, 1 Samuel chapter 4. Good, brother. First Samuel chapter 4. And let's look at verse 2. And the Philistines put themselves in array against Israel. And when they joined battle, Israel was smitten before the Philistines. And they slew of the army in the field about 4,000 men. And when the people were come into the camp, the elders 
of Israel said, Wherefore hath the Lord smitten us today before the Philistines? Let us fetch the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of Shiloh unto us, that when it cometh among us, it may save us out of the hand of our enemies. So the people sent to Shiloh that they might bring from thence the ark of the covenant of the Lord of hosts, which dwelleth between the cherubims. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were there with the ark of the covenant of God. And when the ark of the covenant of the Lord came into the camp, all Israel shouted with a great shout, so that the earth rang again. And when the Philistines heard the noise of the shout, they said, What meaneth the noise of this great shout in the camp of the Hebrews? And they understood that the ark of the Lord was come into the camp. Jump over to verse 10. And the Philistines fought, and Israel was smitten. And they fled every man into his tent. And there was a very great slaughter, for there fell of Israel 30,000 footmen. And the ark of God was taken, and the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were slain. Now jump down to verse 16. And the man said unto Eli, I am he that cometh out of the army, and I fled today out of the army. And he said, What is there done, my son? And the messenger answered and said, and said, Israel is fled before the Philistines, and there hath been also a great slaughter among the people. And, they, and thy two sons also, Hophni and Phinehas, are dead, and the ark of God is taken. And it came to pass when he made mention of the ark of God that he fell from off the seat. We're talking about Eli, backwards, by the side of the gate, and his neck broke, and he died. For he was an old man and heavy and he judged Israel 40 years. And his daughter-in-law, Phineas's wife, was with child, near to be delivered. And when she heard the tidings that the ark of God was taken, and that her father-in-law and her husband were dead, she bowed herself and travailed, for her pains came upon her. And about the time of her death, the, woman, the women that stood by her said unto her, Fear not, for thou hast borne a son. But she answered not, neither did she regard it. And she named the child Ichabod, saying, The glory is departed from Israel, because the ark of God was taken, and because of her father-in-law and her husband. In verse 22, and she said, the glory is departed from Israel, for the ark of God is taken. Let's go back to our text. I want to begin. You'll have to excuse me for a second. 
I want to begin by saying that the children of Israel, they became compromised and complacent and they had it in their head that everything was fine and the sad thing is they didn't even know that the presence and power of God was away from them. You see, they had it in their minds that, oh, if the enemy comes against us, let's just grab the ark, and guess what? Our problem is solved. Before we point fingers at Israel this morning, the modern church is the same way. You see, the average believer thinks that, you know what? I'll live the way I want to, and after all, that's what Israel was doing. They were only interested in prospering themselves. As long as things were good, they were all right. They didn't even give God or the ark a second thought. It's the same way with the modern church this morning. As long as things are going good, we don't need the Lord. But just in case we get attacked, just in case we start having issues, we'll just run to the Lord and He'll just make everything fine for us. And beloved, that's not the case. Understand this morning that God does want to bless us. But God also wants us to be reminded of who he is. He's not some good luck charm. He's not something like a genie in a bottle. When we get in trouble, we rub it and he appears and he makes all of our problems go away. No, That's not how it is. And the Bible says that he withdrew himself. The glory has departed. His power is departed. His presence has departed. Why? Because they had sin in their life. You know why the church is so weak today? Because the church in itself has sin in it. You say, oh, don't say that. It has sin. And when I say the church, I'm talking about all of us. I ain't talking about one or two individuals. I'm talking about all of us. In some form or some fashion, we have sin in our lives. Now, notice what the Bible says. And it, verse 2, And it came to pass while the ark abode in Kerjath-Jerim that the time was long, for it was twenty years understand for 20 years the children of Israel went about their business it took them 20 years and they had to be Baptists because it took them 20 years to open their eyes and realize something ain't right here the glory has departed 20 years and then notice what it says And all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. They finally came to their senses after 20 years. They finally realized something's not right here. Where is the power? Where's his presence? I'll tell you, their sin had separated them from God. And our sin does the same thing to us. Wouldn't you love to see the power of God move in his church again? Is there anybody here that wouldn't want to see that? When I used to go to church, I used to expect things to happen. 
And I would see the presence of God. I would see the movement of God. During the invitation, people would walk the aisle, crying out to God in supplication. But today, we're like the children of Israel. Don't even know the glory's departed. Isn't that a shame? Got churches all over the world, but especially in our country, which is supposed to be a Christian nation. You know what breaks my heart today? At one time, America sent more missionaries into the world than any other nation on the earth. And now the other nations are sending more missionaries than we can send out. We're the ones that need the Lord. Isn't that a shame? Again, where is the glory? Where is the power that we once had? Now, notice what it says. And Samuel spake unto all the house of Israel, saying, If you do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the strange gods and Ashtoreth from among you, and prepare your hearts unto the Lord, and serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. Notice what Samuel, the prophet of God, said. If you're going to serve the Lord, then you have to get rid of sin in your life. And by the way, that sin is the idols of the Canaanites, Balaam and Ashtoreth. Now, Balaam, of course, was an idol, and of course, he was a fertility god. And a weather god. In fact, his name means master. And the Israelites got caught up into serving this false idol. And Ashtaroth was a fertility goddess that was also worshipped by lots of the Israelites. And understanding, I won't get too detailed, but following after Ashtaroth would get you in trouble because it was immoral. It was anything goes, kind of like it is today. Amen. Man can have more than one wife, a woman can have more than one husband, two guys, two women. It's repulsive. And God hates it because it's sin. Didn't say he hated the sinner. I said he hates the sin. But he will not show his power or his glory or his presence when we have that kind of sin in our life. And I'll get into, I know someone's going to say something, but that's all right. I don't judge nobody. I inspect fruit. I don't know your motive. And that's not for me to know. God knows it. But you know what breaks my heart? I see people come through those 
doors Sunday after Sunday that have been out Saturday night, lived like the devil, come through the door, sit down, sing hymns, open their Bibles, hear the word of God proclaimed, the invitation is given, they don't move whatsoever and go out those doors, and they can't wait till Saturday night comes again so they can go through and do the same old thing. And then we wonder where the presence of God is. Where's the power of God? Where's the glory of God? It's because of sin in our life. We're not willing to make things right with God. Samuel told the children of Israel, you have to put away your idols. And by the way, we may not worship the idols of the Canaanites today. But I'm going to go ahead and tell you, if you put anything before Christ, it's an idol. And it's high time we get rid of the idols in our lives. Amen? Now, notice what Samuel said. Then the children of Israel, verse 4, did put away Balaam and Ashtoreth and served the Lord only. Made the Lord their priority again. And I guess what I'm trying to say is if we want to see the glory, we want to feel the power, then we're going to have to truly seek it with all of our being and our hearts, and we're going to have to put forth a little effort. And let me tell you, Even though the effort will be hard, it'll be well worth it. Samuel said, if you get your heart right, then the Philistines will be delivered to you by the Lord. Verse 5. And Samuel said, gather all Israel to Mizpah, and I will pray for you unto the Lord. Thank God for the man of God willing to pray for the flock. Amen. You see, Samuel was a mighty prophet of God. And at least the people had enough sense to turn to the prophet and ask him to intercess for them. But you know, we don't have a prophet Samuel today, but we have the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our intercessor. And we should always turn to him. And let me just say this, and I won't charge you. There's nothing wrong with having more and more of Jesus in our lives. Amen? We need more of him, not less of him. And they gathered together to Mizpah and drew water and poured it out before the Lord, and fasted on that day, and said there, We have sinned against the Lord, and Samuel judged the children of Israel in Mizpah. Now, notice, they gathered together together in Mizpah, and the Bible says that Samuel... He offered a lamb, but before that, the people gathered and they poured out. 
water into the ground. And then they fasted. And as I was studying, I was thinking, well, you know, it's permitted to drink during fasting. Can't eat, but you can drink. Why would they pour out water? And then it struck me, and it's a symbol of the children of Israel by throwing out the water. They threw out their sin. They opened their heart up to the Lord. They tossed out everything that they were carrying in their hearts. They thrust out their heart before God. Wouldn't it be nice if God's people would thrust out their heart before the Lord? All of that stuff we've been hiding. All of that sin we've been committing. Thinking, oh, hey, I got my fire insurance. I'm saved. And yes, when you get saved, you're saved forever. But you can lose the blessing of God. You can break fellowship with God. Not relationship, but fellowship. And I want to tell you, we act like everything's fine when God says, okay. And he backs out and we don't even know he's gone. And then we wonder, where's the power? Where's the glory? It's where we left it, not him. Notice, they poured out their hearts to God. We have sinned against the Lord, and Samuel judged the children of Israel. You say, well, preacher, they admitted Yes, they did. They confessed their sins. But preacher, I don't quite understand. Confession. What is that about? How can I be sorry for my sins? I want to show you a beautiful example. Turn to the book of Ezra chapter 9. Ezra chapter 9. I want to show you repentance, being sorry for your sin. Ezra chapter 9. Let's look at verse 5 together. And at the evening sacrifice, I arose up from my heaviness, and having rent my garment and my mantle, I fell upon my knees. And spread out my hands unto the Lord my God. And said, <clears throat> excuse me, oh my God, I am ashamed and blush to lift up my face to thee. My God, for our iniquities are increased over our head. And our trespass is grown up under the heaven. You see, when we get to the point and recognize we've sinned, and it wasn't just against that loved one, but we've sinned against the Lord. 
when we get to that point when we are so convicted that we don't as much want to even look up toward heaven because of our sin, that's when we can get right with God. Just saying a little prayer. Oh, forgive me. Going about doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. Forgive me. That's not true repentance. True repentance is, Lord, I have sinned against you. Please forgive me. And Lord, help me, strengthen me so I don't do it again. Make a way of escape for me, Lord, so I don't give in to the temptation. That's repentance. That's making things right with God. That's restoring His glory and His presence in our lives. Go back to our text. 1 Samuel 7. Now, as we just read, verse 6, And they gathered together to Mizpah, drew water, poured it out before the Lord, and fasted on that day, and said, There we've sinned against the Lord, and Samuel judged the children of Israel in Mizpah. Verse 7, And when the Philistines heard that the children of Israel were gathered together to Mizpah, the lords of the Philistines went up against Israel. And when the children of Israel heard it, they were afraid of the Philistines. Two things. Naturally, when the Lord convicts us and we need to return to the Lord, the devil, the adversary, is always going to try to get in our way. And that's exactly what happened here. Children of Israel were getting right with God, but here were the Philistines. And again, do you remember earlier, what did Samuel tell the Philistines? Get right with God, get rid of your idols, and the Lord will deliver the Philistines to your hands. But as soon as they started to get right and make things right with God, with God here come the Philistines, and it scared them to death. Amen. If God be for us, who can be against us? Who can be against us? No one. But notice physically, here's the Philistines. And when you and I, you can just bank on it, begin to make things right with God, the devil is going to come in and try his best to put fear in us and cause us not to get right. But not only physically, but spiritually. Amen. Especially spiritually. Look at what it says. And when the children of Israel heard it, they were afraid of the Philistines. Can you imagine? How many times God over and over and over again revealed his power, gave them victory over the Canaanites, every ite you can think of, and yet... Gone. 20 years. And again, the sad thing is they didn't know he was gone. 20 years. 
And then when they finally got it, they're afraid. After witnessing with their own eyes, Brother Shiro, God's presence and power. Notice what it says. And the children of Israel said to Samuel, Cease not to cry unto the Lord our God for us, that he will save us out of the hand of the Philistines. Samuel, cry unto the Lord. Intercede and pray. And don't stop praying. You're going to have to work a little bit, Samuel. Pray continuously for deliverance. And then this is what Samuel did. And Samuel took a sucking lamb and offered it for a burnt offering, holy unto the Lord. And Samuel cried unto the Lord for Israel. And praise God, the Lord heard him. Amen. But notice he took a sucking lamb and offered it for a burnt offering. You see, if we're ever going to have the power of God in our lives and have his presence in our lives daily, then you and I are going to have to be willing to sacrifice. That's exactly what he did for the children of Israel by offering that young lamb. It was worship. That's what it pictures. Worship. And my question this morning to you, including myself, is how is our worship? Are we truly Worshiping the Lord in our church services, in our daily lives, are we truly worshiping? That's the question. And only us can answer that question. How is your worship? And then notice what it says, and Samuel cried unto the Lord for Israel, and the Lord heard him. And as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the sacrifice, the Philistines drew near to the battle against Israel. But the Lord thundered with a great thunder on that day upon the Philistines. And the Lord thundered. He heard the prayer of Samuel. He saw the reaction of the Israelites by forsaking their idols and worshiping God and getting their hearts right. And the Bible says he thundered against the Philistines. Understand this morning. God is the same today. He still has the power to thunder. Doesn't matter what we face in this life, he can still thunder, Brother Shira. If we're right. We serve a mighty God. 
And notice what it says. And the Lord thundered with a great thunder on that day upon the Philistines and discomfited them. In other words, thwarted them. And they were smitten before Israel. And the men of Israel went out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines and smote them until they came under Bethkar. Now, again, God moved. They saw his power once again. They saw his glory again. And he thundered. Folks, as I just said, he's the same as he was back then today. We can still see the power and glory of God. But it's going to take some effort on our parts. Amen? And then it says in verse 12, Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpah and Shin, and called the name of it Ebenezer, saying, Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. Now, notice Samuel took a stone and placed it in between those two places. You say, Brother John, what does the stone have to do with anything? Well, as far as the stone itself, it didn't have any special power or anything like that, but that stone was a reminder of the faithfulness of God. When we get right with God, we can look and remember His faithfulness. This isn't the only time in the Bible where the children of Israel were commanded to place a stone. Remember Joshua told the children of Israel to place 12 stones after they crossed Jordan as a reminder of God's faithfulness. I would like to encourage you this morning for all of those times God has been faithful to you. All of those times God has come through for you and given you the victory make a stone doesn't have to be a real one but a stone in your mind and in your heart and when not if but when it comes times of discouragement times of trial remember his faithfulness. And don't be afraid to share the meaning of those stones with your children so that they can know who God is. Amen? Hitherto hath the Lord Oh, I need his help this morning. How about you? 
verse 13, and I'll hush. So the Philistines were subdued, and they came no more into the coast of Israel. And the hand of the Lord was gathered against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. Didn't have to worry about them anymore during that time. The Lord handled the Philistines, the enemies of God. And by the way, they are still the avowed enemies of God's people. The Palestinians, folks, are the descendants of the Philistines. And Israel and the Palestinians are going at it right now. And of course, <laughs> governments think that they have a peace plan. Oh, we'll get this settled. It's not going to be settled till Jesus comes back. There's not going to be a treaty signed. And by the way, who does governments think they are that they can bid God's land that he gave to his children Israel and say, you know what, we're just going to divide it. Palestinians can have half. And it, no. It's Israel's as far as the eye can see. And guess what? It'll continue to be Israel. And I'm going to close with this. Times are going to get tough for y'all. Just watch the news. Depressing as it is. <laughs> oh, absolutely, sister. I would be willing... I would just like to hear something good for once. Just something good, a little line of something good. I ain't heard nothing or seen nothing. All I hear is how bad, and it's going to get worse. Now, child of God, is not the time to leave God out of the equation. Now is not the time to depend on your own selves and be complacent. Now's the time to want the things that God wants us to have. Those are the most important things. This world has nothing for us. But God offers everything through his son. So don't be discouraged and disheartened. Understand. Keep this right. It'll be fine. But if you take on the world and you continue to live in sin, payday is coming. Judgment will fall upon you. God had to get their attention. In fact, if you'll read over in chapter 6 of First Samuel, and we won't go there for the sake of time, and I didn't, I left it out because of that. Do you know God allowed the Philistines to kill 4,000, and then there was another time he allowed them to kill over 50,000? Why? Because they weren't right. And God, guess what? Removed his presence. His glory, His power. 
Folks, the lesson to be learned is stay right so that Ichabod is not written over the door of your church or the door of your house. The glory has departed. That should scare us to death. Now, if you're here and you've never received Christ as your Savior, if I were you, I would give my heart to Jesus because time is running out. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. We're all going to die if he doesn't return in our lifetime. And if he does return in our lifetime, it ain't going to be easy. You think it's bad now? You ain't seen nothing yet. Don't let him come without knowing him as your Lord and Savior. Ask him into your heart. He'll say. But child of God, church, let's get right with the Lord. Let's ask for his presence. Let's ask for his glory to always be here at Lone Mountain. Because I'm going to tell you, I've been to churches. I've preached revival in churches where I believe with all my heart the glory had departed. Cold, indifferent, no one concerned, nothing but complacency. Oh, we're, we're okay. If the Lord wants somebody to be saved, he'll just send them to the house. We don't need to do anything. That's the wrong heart and that's the wrong attitude. I want the glory here. How about you this morning? Would you stand with me? Let's pray.